Welcome to Move Like This, brought to you by the Accounting Move Project and sponsored by Moss Adams and Sapro. On this podcast, we share ideas and hear from guests about how they find, retain, develop, and advance women and other underrepresented groups in their accounting firms. Now, on to our guest. Today's guest on Move Like This is the wonderful Mary McGuire. She is the Executive Vice President of Global Strategic Partnerships at SAPRO. And Mm -hmm. SAPRO has been a sponsor of Move, um, started last year and again this year. And we are so excited to have them as part of our team. So thank you so much for being here, Mary. Well, Bonnie, thank you for having me. And it's been an absolute pleasure to partner with you and the MOVE community. It it is really amazing to see the work that you all are doing. So it's inspirational for us. So thank you. Oh, well, thank you so much, too. So let's start off by learning a little bit about SAPRO. It's a relatively new firm. It started in 2017. Um, so tell me a little bit about what the firm does and what makes it different. Well, there are a lot of things that that really make SAPRO different, but SAPRO is a full service assurance tax and advisory consulting firm. We provide a world-class global workforce that is perfectly optimized to meet our clients' needs. And in the environment in which we're struggling to get the best talent into the right places, we are really hitting our stride. So it's an exciting time to be part of SAPRO. Oh, that's exciting because that is definitely an issue that is impacting the accounting industry. We'll talk a little bit about that too. Since you started in 2017, Sapra was only three years old, barely a toddler um, when the pandemic hit. So how did it impact your operations and what pivots did you have to make to continue serving your clients? Thank you. COVID changed the world. Personally, it changed me um, and it definitely impacted our operations. When I look at um, where we were when we started this, um, it really supercharged our digital transformation. We moved from having all of our talent deployed on-site to a fully remote service within a few weeks. And that was a fast pivot. And we anticipated it to pivot back. It didn't. It continued to grow organically and Quite frankly, we garnered almost a 300% increase in our growth over two years. Wow. So COVID not only helped us think differently, it required us to act differently. And one of the key ways was focusing on flexibility. We knew that flexibility was important not only to our clients, but also to our team members. So it was time to go radical with the idea of flexible flexibility. So we tagged radical flexibility, which is a focus on sustainability and results. So instead of FaceTime, let's look at work from a perspective of where, when, and how our clients and team members want to engage in work. It was so free to think so differently and without barriers. It gave way to a myriad of options, including onshore, offshore, flexi-perm, part-time, long-term. And it actually gave birth to our our sabbatical program. Mm -hmm. 
which really has delivered amazing benefits. So overall, what we have seen with our population is that we've seen an improved quality of life, a sense of empowerment, and added engagement. And I'm pleased to say that our engagement score this year was 13% over the industry average. So we have a highly engaged population. Wow, that's great. So you just mentioned the sabbatical program, and that was one of the things that we actually featured in our 2022 accounting move report. You know, so in part with burnout is rampant in the profession, in part because so many people are being asked to work extra hours, we're short staffed, tax laws are changing on a dime. So, you know, we love that you provided opportunities for employees at all levels Mm -hmm. to take up to three months off at half pay and full benefits. Correct. Um, And another feature that stood out was that employees didn't have to offer a reason or justify their time off. They simply needed to ask for it. Exactly. Um, so tell me a little bit about the genesis and why Sapro's leadership felt it was important to offer this benefit. For a lot of reasons, COVID also gave us a moment where the lines between work and home were blurred. And there really wasn't much outside in the world that was going on. We were kind of sequestered in our own little bubbles. Um, and that took its toll you can start seeing the level of energy be depleted. And we took two very definitive actions. One um, was to look at the, the lines between work and home and how do we set boundaries so individuals know that this is their time for work, but it is important to rest and rejuvenate. So we tried to help them find the work-life balance, address the work-life balance challenge. And we did this through a holistic well-being. Um, and it is, it's taking a challenge and, and transitioning it into an opportunity. So we designed the sabbatical program. Uh, the program, as you said, was designed to push the restart button. How many times have you said the world is going wild and I need just to step back and regroup? This is what it was intended to do for our population. Move away from the COVID-19 environment, the stressors of work, everything compiling at once and breathe, rest, rejuvenate, relax, and then return. So with the intention of people taking a paid break between one and three months, we found people were able to reset, rejuvenate, and recharge. And what a lot of our team members decided to do with their time was to give back to their communities. So what we found is that this investment, which it is an investment to pay for sabbaticals, paid significant dividends, not only to the firm, but to the communities, and also to our clients, because these individuals came back with a renewed sense of purpose. And the unexpected benefits, higher innovation, creativity, and more engagement. So from our perspective, the sabbatical program was a win-win all around. Wow, that's fantastic. We talked to a number of firms that have sabbatical programs, you know, in a variety of different formats, of course. But I really love the idea of just 
unplugging for a little bit. I mean, you asked how often do you want to? I'm like, I can't tell you how many times that just sounds like an appealing idea. Yes. And I, I, you know, we've also talked to people within firms that were suddenly faced with, you know, whether it's a, a parent that needed extra care or something like that and was really kind of forced to decide, you know, do I leave my job? And, you know, firms don't need to lose people right now. And (laughs) most people don't want to leave, you know, a job or a career that they've been in for a long time, but you do have responsibilities out of work. So Mm -hmm. I I love that there's flexibility to this program that can, like say, allow people to take some time off, a chunk of time off, regardless of what the reason is. Exactly. And and the purpose is they need agency. They need to be empowered. I think the traditional approach to managing a workforce is truly managing them. And the intent is not to be a quote unquote manager. The best leaders empower their team members to take action and empower them to be the professionals that they should be doing. They should be able to um, represent themselves. And actually you get more in the long run if you believe in your team members, you demonstrate these are the results that need to be hit, these are the metrics, but we know you're a professional. Take the lead. We trust and we will work together to make sure that we're both successful. So it does work out well. It's treating people like (laughs) grownups. Yes, you know, boil it down to that. But a lot of times that's really the case. It is. It is. Um, So does SEPRO have any other policies in place that that help create that culture, particularly since we're talking about the Accounting Move Project, where women and other underrepresented groups can work more flexibly, yet still move up and thrive in their organization? Absolutely. Um, and, And really that approach has been revamped and SAPRO has gone through many iterations in the last two years. Um, We take considerable pride in our diversity, inclusion, equity, and belonging uh, group. Uh, It was a committee that was established two years ago with uh, CEO for Action, which is run out of PwC. Uh And from that, we have developed processes, practices, and policies that focus on the flexibility, pay equity, um, and assessing our employee life cycle to see if there were any points of bias and clearing those. We even challenged ourselves to do internal audits and we audited everything, um, including pay, to ensure that women and men, and there weren't any deviations, that we were paying them fairly. So, We have made deliberate investment and a lot of effort into our women's group. Um, We have charitable activities to date where we've impacted women across three continents to educate, elevate, and remove barriers uh, for women in ensuring that they have really fulfilled their dreams of meeting um, the career that they need to enjoy and benefit from. And that unfortunately is not the case around the globe. There are barriers and still barriers to entry. Yes, there definitely are. So turning a little bit here, um, 
how did you originally become aware of the Accounting Move Project and what made you want to become a sponsor? Oh, well, it, it really came from Dario Grassini, one of our co-CEOs, and was ratified by Greg Maslow, our other CEO. When we came across Move, we felt that it was an opportunity for us to take a stand and really um, say we are supportive of women and making sure that the barriers are removed, that there is equity across levels, and that we're going to work with MOVE to advance that goal. Um, it's not going to happen overnight, but certainly when I look at the World Economic Forum and I see that they're noting it's going to be 2065 before we have pay equity um, between the genders, it, it does give you a moment of pause and you begin to think, well, how do I promote women? And it goes back to the representation of diverse talent. Uh, focus on advancing diverse talent into executive management, technical and board roles. There has to be equity there. Um, another component that the senior leadership and the leadership team is working on is accountability. How do we hold our leaders accountable? And how do we place core business leaders and managers at the heart of the diversity efforts and tie their, I guess, their rewards to those efforts? Mm -hmm. So they actually strengthen the inclusive leadership capabilities. The other component that Dario and Greg really are, are challenging the all of us within the group is about how do we how do we make sure that things are fair, equitable, and transparent? Now, March 14th was equal pay day in the United States. So and there was a really in interesting article by John Burson. Um, and he talked about the definitive pay guide or definitive guide to pay equity, increasing productivity and innovation and sustainability. So in this article, he talks about it's not just a nice to have initiative. It's a business necessity mm -hmm. because the research is clear. You have 1.6 times more likely uh, women to meet targets. The firm will meet its targets. You have two point times more likely to attract the talent you need if you have pay equity. You're 1.7 times more likely to be more innovative if you have pay equity. So true meritocracy is critical. Um, and it is a business case. It's not just about oh, this is a good thing to do. Doing good is doing good business. Yeah. And the, the two other things that our leaders are, are really standing behind is promoting openness and tackling microaggressions. Mm. All of us are learning and evolving in this space. And the culture that we're trying to encourage here is not a call out to embarrass someone, but a call into a conversation so if someone is acting in a way that is not aligned to our values or might be harassing or bullying, that's an opportunity for all of us to call that person into a conversation and really talk about, are you aware of the impact that you may be having? And it's, it's not to shame. 
It's not to upset the individual, but it's all of our responsibility to take charge in this and do it in a meaningful and thoughtful manner. And the last thing that they have always led us on was the fostering the belonging. It's the unequivocal support for diversity. We have to have a culture where all employees feel that they can bring their authentic selves to work and that they don't have to leave a portion of who they are at home. That is the belonging. That is, as we say, the secret sauce. If someone is really feeling like they're being treated fairly, equitably, and they can be their authentic self, what more could you ask for? Yeah. And that's what our leaders stand for. And quite frankly, that's why I'm at SAPRA. Oh, I think that's amazing. The belonging thing is so much more important, I think, than a lot of people realize. And I was doing a presentation recently and talking about this topic and kind of presented it a little bit differently in that if you're worried about something, you know, you slipping and saying something that you know, you don't think would be accepted, or you're worried about things like that, you're not able to perform your job at a hundred percent because you're always kind of thinking about these, how you're presenting yourself or what might get out or, oh, that picture on my computer. I don't want somebody to see that because they'll know that I'm gay or, you know, whatever that might be. And, you know, so it's not just, I'm all about the do it because it's right. But like you said, there's, there are financial reasons. There's, you know, all these other reasons to really take a look at these things. But the more we look at the research, the research supports doing good is good business. Bottom line shows it every single time. Productivity, engagement, and longevity. We have such high turnover rates in the industry right now where it's 25 to 30%. There's, There's something not quite right. And we've got to crack the code on that. And I I think with all the efforts that the MOVE community is doing um, and companies who are willing to stand behind and say, we're in this together and we're going to figure it out and put in new processes and policies are making a difference. Of course, we want it yesterday, but it's coming. And 2065 is too far off. As far as 65 is way <laughs> far off. I'm definitely not going to be in the workforce at that point. If oh, I, that, I, I, I hear you on that. <laughs> so I guess what advice do you have for other firms in terms of diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging, but even more specifically, um, attracting, retaining and promoting women? I think it is going back to fostering the belonging, uh, promote the openness, be comfortable with assessing your current processes and, and look at it with a critical eye. And if you yourself can't do that, pull someone in who's a resource who can look at it and, and look for those micro biases or those biases that you may not be seeing. And it's not a condemnation of work that has been done. It's an opportunity to think differently. Hmm. This is this is an evolving space. No one person has all the answers. But if you can pull a group of trusted advisors together, and if you don't have the answer, get involved with groups that can provide guidance 
and support. Um, there are a lot of them out there. So don't be shy to share your concerns because we're all trying to figure out how do we advance this in the appropriate manner and what steps can we take that are meaningful mm-hmm. and not just rhetoric. Yes. The I'm throwing the DEI statement on my website and then not doing anything else. <laughs> that's that's right. That's yeah. right. And that's that's that is not sufficient. That's lip service. And no. if you want to, start, and- want to start anywhere, start with pay equity. Do an evaluation and see if you have equitable pay within your organization. And if not, then that will give you the indication that you really have to look at all of your processes, procedures, and how you're addressing pay in order to course correct that. Well, and this profession more than any is well equipped to do a pay equity audit. (laughs) So I'm confident that they can. I'm pretty confident at that. And I, I was actually telling firms, I'm like, you know, this could be a new service offering that you think about offering for other businesses. Why not? Auditing, yes, there are details that are different, but the process is very similar. Absolutely. And when you look at some of the regulations that are coming through, even with ESG, mm-hmm. uh, this is the wave of the future. Mm-hmm. Corporate citizens are going to have to be good citizens, and we're going to be auditing ourselves, evaluating it, and and moving together, which is very exciting. It's a wonderful place for us to be. Yes, I think so, too. So I want to finish our conversation with just some fun questions. Well, not that the other conversation hasn't been fun, but I think, you know, <laughs> let's let's take a complete left turn here. So when you were five years old, Mary, what did you want to be when you grew up? Well, there were two jobs I wanted. One, I wanted to be a French maid because I liked the duster. <laughs> okay. That, and the other one is I wanted to run my run the family hardware store. Oh, you had a family hardware store. I love that. So the long story short there is that my grandmother... Um, was married to F.M. O'Rourke, Frank O'Rourke. And when my mother was 16, he passed away unexpectedly. Mm. And this was in the 50s. So my grandmother was left with a hardware store. Now, she had never worked in a hardware store. She uh, was a stay-at-home mom, but she stepped in. And she became the owner of the hardware store, and she expanded it in the 70s. And she was very well known in our little town in New York um, as one of the senior leaders. And she actually broke the mold for a lot of women who were business owners and made the way for them. So French made because of the duster and then running the hardware store because that just was what my grandmother was really good at doing. And it was so wonderful to see her work. And what a wonderful opportunity to have an example like that so close. That's yeah. fantastic. But I still can't get over the duster part. I I don't, I really don't understand that from my perspective. <laughs> yeah, but you could combine them because I imagine hardware stores get very dusty. Very, very dusty, particularly in the notes and bolts area. There you shameful. go. Very shameful. <laughs> <laughs> so if you were to take your own sabbatical, And given the chance to travel anywhere in the world, 
where would you go and why? This is pretty easy. South Africa. That's on the my to-do list too. That is my bucket list. Um, everybody that I have worked with um, through SAPRO and all of the professionals that I've come in contact with are from South Africa. And mm -hmm. the warmth of the spirit, the um, caring, the genu the generousness of the, of the people, it just is astounding. And the natural beauty of that location is just something that I really do want to experience. And I would love to spend three months there. Well, I hope you get the opportunity to do that. Now, my last question is, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? Oh, these are hard questions. I Barbara. know. Um, <laughs> my one superpower, it's seeing other people's perspectives for what they are. I mean, yeah. it's the ability to see, you have so many dialogues today where there's tension and anxiety and, and frustration. I think if we could bring people together to really understand and appreciate someone else's view before they responded viscerally or with an emotion, I think that is where I'd like to have my superpower. It's just being able to pivot and have people instead of looking at how far are we different, how much are we alike, and maybe we're coming at it from a different perspective, and I respect that, but bringing them together and seeing it from the other person's perspective would be great. Oh, wow. I think that would be, that's like empathy on steroids. I, I Yeah, I would. I like that. I, I think you said it more eloquently than I did, but it, it really it would stop so many of the the misunderstands, miscommunication, the frustration over the petty things. Let's yeah. focus on the positives, not the petty. Oh, I think that's a good note to end on. Thank you so much for being a part of this and contributing and sharing you know, your input and the wonderful things that SAPRO are doing, um, SAPRO is doing. Again, I also want to thank you for being a sponsor of the Accounting Move Project. My pleasure. And however we can support Move, we are there um, and we are happy to support. Uh, you're doing great work. So thank you for everything you're doing. Thank you for listening to Move Like This, brought to you by the Accounting Move Project and sponsored by Moss Adams and Sapro. If you'd like to learn more, visit our website at accountingmoveproject.com. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends and colleagues too. I'm your host, Bonnie Buell-Russick, and until next time, keep moving forward.